Every day, I am getting one step closer to having another healthy baby, and Caraway Home is helping me do that. Their ceramic, naturally slick surface cookware allows you to cook with minimal butter. Uh, they're very easy to clean, just a little warm water, you wipe it down. And the best part is, is that Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like BFASs, BTFEs, and a bunch of other things like I can't even pronounce. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, right now, visit Caraway wayhome.com slash TSFS to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to my Sarah Fraser Show listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash TSFS or use code TSFS at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. It's time for you to see what all the fuss is about, read about their five-star reviews and why so many TSFS fans buy Caraway Home. Order now. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney Plus. Today's guest, David Yontif, is here from Behind the Velvet Rope podcast. And David is an expert on all things reality and, of course, everything Bravo TV. I was just saying to you, David, you are way more up to date and fluent on all the Bravo tea than I am. So I am thrilled to have you on because my listeners have already been asking questions. They want to know about Bethany Frankel's new podcast. We're going to get into your thoughts on selling Sunset. All the firings at Bravo. So anyway, David, I'm so glad you're here. We have so much to talk about, don't we? It's like, where do we even begin? Um, Well, we begin. And I want to talk about your personal life because you have an amazing podcast show. But how you got there, you were actually an attorney at one point. Like the, I was. What? How did you go from like attorney, serious attorney to reality expert? And let me tell you, I wasn't just an attorney. I was a corporate tax attorney. So how much fun does that sound? Does that sound like exciting and fun to you? David, what the fuck? Like, would you go to work? These people must have been a thousand years old, these other tax attorneys in there. And and you're doing compliance for all these companies in New York. What? Well, you know, I really, yeah. I mean, listen, when I... I was just like, listen, I need to make money when I graduated. And rather than 
be one of those people. Like, listen, anyone who has parents that are like, let me foster your hopes and dreams, bravo to those parents. My parents were like, listen, I'm like a Jewish girl from Connecticut. My parents were like, you're going to go to like med school or law school. And like, those are two good options. And then are there any others? So... I went to law school. Like I didn't have the like, let me think this through about what I really want to do with my life. So I went to law school. I practiced corporate tax law. I mean, I pretty much hated it right from the beginning. Oh. Yeah. And then I like guess. eventually, yeah, it was horrible. And yes, everyone was conservative. And I was horrible at it. Horrible. Because I just didn't give a fuck. I know. So I mean, like I'm good with numbers. And so like there was a tie-in. But then like I eventually quit and then I went into HR and recruiting, which was really, you know, like, that's what I wanted to go into. And then, like, I had my own recruiting company. So I kind of did have this whole corporate background. But then I had, like, a successful recruiting company, which I sold. So when I sold that way back in the day, then I ran HR departments. I, I ran HR for Martha Stewart. I know. Oh, my God. The complaints that must have come in there. I mean, you know, I, no, wait, when was this? Was this early 2000s, like before Time's Up, before Me Too? Like, when yeah. was this? Okay. It was It was after Martha's jail. And someone else was there running it with me. You know, it wasn't just me. But sure. it was it was after jail. But it was before the Me Too movement. Now, could you write up Martha for yelling at everybody? Because we know Ellen is getting, like, Ellen's getting destroyed for basically making everyone feel like a peon. Martha must have been amazing at that. And then, what did you do back then? It must have been like, oh, sorry, this complaint got lost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... David, I'm in love with you. I know! Like... She, I'm from Maine. She has a house in Bar Harbor, and every summer, there's story after story of, like, the drama, because she, she has this amazing house in Seal Harbor, and part of her land is also on a public trail, and she would actually go down and yell. I mean, it was, like, open to the public. She would yell at people for walking on the public trail. She wanted no one near her house. Like, these stories are infamous. It's just, listen, I mean, I wish that I lived my life a perfectionist where I just like, I mean, it's like I was saying to you before, some days I got it all going on other days. Mm -hmm. Like I was just saying, like before we started, I'm like, oh, I don't think I've showered yet today. Like I just have days where I'm just a total mess. So I mean, in a way, like I admire someone that could just be so, I don't know how you do it when you're that together and yep. like, this is how we do this. And then we're going to, I'm just like, what? Like. Like, well, I, I'm falling apart here today. Like, and what do you think about Ellen? Because part of me actually wants to defend her and say, look, you, you have a number one talk show. You know, you have to have structure. You have to have demands on people. You have to have. But then, of course, you know, obviously it sounds like she'd just be outright mean, pinning people against each other, which I think has gone too far. But where do you stand on that? Do you think everything is true about her? I mean, here's the thing. Now, I... I have a friend who has a friend. I love it. Oh, believe me, honey. I got so many of those too. Yes, I know. Right. Okay, so let me just say, so I have a friend and his friend is one of those like three executive producers. That were fired. She that she threw, or they're still yeah. there. Yes, that she threw uh, under the bus and are devastated. Yes, okay. Devastated. But here's the thing, even short of that, like, I don't know. I've heard these things about Ellen, not even through this friend, just for, like you say about Martha, like I just heard things here's the thing every time someone says to me oh i heard that person was really horrible and it's because you know i know a lot of people just through what i do with my podcast every time someone says that like 90 percent of the time i'm like yeah i've had the same experience so 
I just think when where there's smoke, there's fire. I do. Like it's so true. And I'll tell you, I know this because I used to like I got my following when I worked for iHeartRadio and I was on a nationally syndicated radio show here, the Kane Show. And Kane was a lot like Ellen. He's a lot like these people. And so, you know, like I know exactly that person. Now, to his credit, he created a number one morning show. We were syndicated in like six markets, Sirius XM, all you know, he was amazing at these things, but he would throw keys at you and kick trash cans into pictures and get in your face and yell and scream. So really? <laughs> oh, I worked like everything they're talking about, Ellen. I worked for someone like that for six years. It was, and now I can look back on it and I take many good things, but I will say this, it was mentally very, like I had no self-esteem when I left there. And I actually had a therapist tell me that working for him was like being with an abusive husband because she's like, he will literally throw keys and almost slap you in the face. And then the next day be like, I love you. And she, and I never looked at it that way, but I actually had to go to therapy. It was that fucked up. With Martha, it was just like, you know, it's almost like she got in her own way. It's like we would do a, a million things. And then, you know, it wasn't, Martha wasn't sitting there chained to the desk like five days a week, but then like, so when she would come in, yes, everyone was on eggshells. And then there would be a meeting about something that like, I don't even know an example where it took you like weeks to get to this point And she would like want it over here and everyone would be like, but that's just not possible. And here's, I, it didn't, no, it did not matter. So, and this isn't just me, it's like legal and fine. Just be a whole bunch of people that were like, we're delivering this. And she'd be like, I want B. And we're like, B is just not possible for, and it was like, but I want B. And then now I have to go out, I'm by. And you'd be like, well, what, what? Like, okay, that's four weeks of something. And now what are we supposed to do with that? But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've lived through it too. And and to your to your point, I mean, they do create. Martha has created an insane brand. I mean, she's a bazillionaire. You know, I mean, even after jail, and to her credit, and Ellen's too. I'm sure there's you get stuff done when you're like that. Yeah, you know. So just like you know, all like the drapes had to be. I mean, it was the typical like everything had to be like this and like no clutter on the desk. Like it's just what you would think. Oh my God. Now, can you believe she's smoking weed with Snoop Dogg now? I mean, what a transformation. You know, don't you wish she was hitting the bong when you worked for her? Like, it's like, if, if she'd been microdosing then, maybe she wouldn't have been a nightmare. But I mean, like, okay, so like, how old is she now? 70 something. Yes, yeah, 72, like, I think. I know, she looks phenomenal. She, and she's like, she is a TV legend. And, you know, she invented this whole Joanna Gaines and chip, everything we see. So, I mean, that's the thing. You know, yeah, and I, I wasn't like a Martha. So you had like a lot of Martha fans that worked there, like the real deal. But I wasn't like one of those. Like, it's not like I was a fan or not a fan. You know, like I'm more a fan of, like I'm more a fan of her than I am, you know, prim and proper homes. Yes. Baking cookies. Like I'm not really into crafts or cooking or any of these other things. But I just think, listen, I have an obsession with jail. So anyone that goes to jail, like a Teresa to <laughs> DJ, you know, like Martha. So I just like bow down to Martha. And I'm like, I was in Oz, like the little gay boy, like you went to jail. And like, I just want to <laughs> know everything about him. That's kind of the route I took it. Is Lori Laughlin now your dream guest? Because, you know, she's going to spend maybe two months in jail. Maybe. Wait, wait. Lori Laughlin would have been my dream guest five years ago. I mean, a little full house, a little MKO and Ash. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I, I would love that on Becky on, on my show. Like, bring her on, man. 
Now, I also read on Margaret Joseph's website because you're on there that you are now that you are a self-made millionaire. So did you become a self-made millionaire from selling your recruiting thing or is Margaret lying to us? Gosh, you have to love it. I from, we have to love Margaret <laughs> Justice. Um, no, Margaret, Margaret is, well, she's like a really good friend of mine, honestly. Uh, no, it really was from my recruiting company. Like I, so when I stopped oh, practicing law, like I went to other staffing agencies and then I started my own. And then like the next thing I knew, I was like, wait, the harder I work, the more money I can make. And I'm like, I just need to make some money here. But I have to say like, so, I mean, it really, it was something I started to be, you know, like a decent company and it just kind of exploded right away. So that was good. But you know, like here, but here's the thing. I really, really, when things were going well, you know, listen, we all, you know, adjust to our newfound life. And, you know, like I had some purchases where I was like, I don't know who the hell I thought I was at that time. <laughs> but in for the most part, I was like, you know, this isn't going to last forever. I really had those, like, it's kind of like if I were a housewife, I say this all the time, this is my advice. Like, so I really had that, like, this could be the last year of all this success. And then you'd have another really good year and you'd be like, all right, so I had two good years, so maybe no more. And then like, so it went on for a while, but I really had the, like, this could end. So I kind of, was okay in that sense again i had some frivolous like well that was pretty dumb but for (laughs) the most part i lived a relatively humble life oh no that's like when when all when this company was in working so you sell this company and is that when because your podcast is over a year old you're heading on to two years right yeah, like just coming on a year. Oh, you're just okay. You're just yeah, coming on a year. We're just okay. ending a year. So, so, well, then, so after that, that's when I worked at companies like Martha and Advertise. So I worked at all these companies that kept merging, like Martha merged, and so like anytime a company merges, like all the shared services like HR and recruiting and finance, they all get eliminated. So I had some like pretty good stints, but like then my last job was overseeing like four different advertising agencies. And when when that merged, I was just like, you know, I didn't even really want to do any of this to begin with. You <laughs> know, you're and making so- fabulous. Hey, I get it. You're making fantastic money. You're banking the money. You knew you were going to do something else. Obviously, you were creative the entire time. I mean, and okay, when Martha, when you guys were there and she was doing that Kmart deal, did anyone fucking advise her against that? Everyone must have known Kmart was going to sink. I mean, there was like four Kmarts left and then she l- releases like a sheet line with them. I mean, that's the thing. It's just, it's really just that, like, you know, advising is one thing. And like, I mean, do you think Martha does what she wants? Yeah. Dude, I, I mean, it, but it's, it's true. <laughs> I, I mean, I would have tried. I know. And I would have been in the same position. And believe me, when I've worked for companies, it's like at some point you get to the point where you're like, absolutely. If you, you know, whatever you want to do, if you want to turn well, this top 40 station into a classic rock, be my guest. As long as my check still like, you know, cashes. Well, listen, I've always said this, like being in HR and like, I'm telling you, I think companies want you to bring your B game. I don't even think they, they don't want your C game. They don't want your A game. So the success, the way to succeed in corporate America is bring your B game. That's my best advice. They don't want, cause I'm telling you the people that care and take it home and really think about it and add something. Those are the ones that like act out, speak out, have like behavioral issues, get in trouble with HR. And it's just, those are not the successful. They, they want like your B game. That is the most profound thing that anyone has said on this podcast in a month. It really is. I'm not kidding you. You are so Just right. Just in a month? <laughs> 
just a month. I thought like forever for all of life. Okay. Who gave some profound advice this summer? Oh, actually, I will say I. UFC fighter Holly Holm, who was on over a month ago, she was pretty amazing. She dropped a lot of nuggets on how to become like the best of the best in your field. She had some like Jedi Knight shit. Like she was, I was impressed. Like I was on another level. Like her. There's my corporate American advice for everyone working at a desk job right now. Bring bring your B game. I'm telling you. Don't bring great ideas. You are so right. And I have worked for major TV stations, and they're the same way. Major corporations. They want you to execute their plan, no matter how horrible it is. And they really just want you to say yes. Maybe you chime in occasionally, but they do, you're right. And they end up getting yeah, and like, of, you know, do all your work. Sure. Get it done, have an idea or two, but don't like go there. Don't don't try to change anything. Oh, my God. That is the greatest advice. Because <laughs> then you're just a child. And like, listen, you're you're this is why I started working from it. That's why I had my own company, because I was like, I mean, I, I know what I'm doing and the way I'm doing it really is the right way <laughs> and so i mean i'm gonna get in trouble over here for speaking out and then again i'm like i just gotta do this on my own okay well we're I, I, we're gonna get into so much um reality show but i love all this and i, I want to get to the moment that you knew you wanted to launch a podcast but i also know you're writing a book are you gonna share these nuggets in the book oh yeah this is all in the book the book is like all of it it's the book is a lot of things it's really like okay. a how-to book so, I mean, it What's ties the title? in. What's the title of the book? And then, yes, give us all the details. So, it ties into how I started my podcast. So, like, right. So, after all these companies merged and then I was, like, between jobs, I – reality TV was always a thing for me. Like, from the beginning, like, The Hills, The Simple Life. Like, we're doing some classics here. Yes. I mean, Paris Hilton is the queen. So is Lauren Conrad. I mean, but even, like, from, like – Big Brother and Survivor and the real world. So I always love reality TV. So it was no shock that, you know, when like the Orange County Housewives came along and I loved Desperate Housewives and I loved the OC, like it was no shock that like as a gay man, I loved these housewives and watch these shows. It's not like such a stretch. <laughs> so I was a lover of reality. And so, I mean, I don't personally understand all these people that sit around and talk about these reality stars. I mean, I know it's not what you do. Like you have a very diverse show and a lot of things, but like there are blogs and and face and like, and it's, and it's so detailed and it's all they talk about. And I'm not criticizing. I'm not throwing shade. I just didn't understand it. So I said like, I'm, who who am I? Like, I'm like not an invisible person. I'm going to write myself into the story. And yes, living in New York city helped. And I'm like, I'm just going to, become friends with some of these people. Cause like, there they are. Like, this isn't like Beyonce and Jay-Z with like 15 bodyguards. I'm just going to walk up to whoever. And eventually, so it ties into my book and my podcast. So that's my thing. The book is really about this. It's like a how-to guide of like, if you want to become friends with say Pauly D and Vinny, you got to read the book. It's a step. Like slow it down, Sarah. You're not going to become friends with them tomorrow. It's not going to happen next week. It's just a very... And obviously, the bigger the name, the harder it is. Sure. Start with some low-hanging fruit, but you really could become friends with these people. <laughs> so, it's so that's true. right. So that's what I did, and you know, it was like it was calculated, but at the same time, it is organic. Like you don't just become friends with everyone, you know. Like sure. You so I became friends with these people, and that's that's really. So then eventually, once I was friends, I said, 
this needs to be some type of business. Like the average person is not just walking around with like a Marco Josephs or like a Countess Luann. Like, and so that's when I was like, how can I turn this into a business? And I didn't know. And then I'm like, maybe this is a podcast. Even before the book, I was like, and then my, my, so my podcast really started by me wanting to maybe tell these stories of like, I was out with this person having drinks last night. And like, this is what happened. Like these funny little stories. Sure. Yeah. 100%. And so like my pilot episode was about me in Florida and there was a dinner where it was me, Ramona Singer, Kelly Dodd from the OC housewives, Rick Leventhal was there and Dolores Catania. So what? imagine how this dinner went when you're there with Ramona. Oh, I mean, in Florida. I, I can right. only imagine. Yeah. I, I, like it's completely out of a movie. Right. So I'm like, let me just turn on the mic. And even when I started a company, I mean, that's my other thing about like business. I'm not really into like, I don't know. I don't believe in like, let's think about it. Let's have 12 business plans. Let's, why are we still fucking talking about the idea? You could have already started a company and tried something. Yes. I'm more into just like, open the door, throw up the shingle and try it. And if it fails, we'll figure it out tomorrow. So I was like, you know, I did some research. I knew nothing about podcasting, nothing. So I did a little bit of research and, you know, listen, I figured some things out, turned on the mic and I'm like, I'm going to talk about this dinner. And it was me by myself. There was no co-host or anything at this point. And like, when I was done with the first episode, I was like, I think that was pretty good. Like, I didn't know what to expect. Like, okay, we have, and then I put it out there and then the reaction was like, what? Like you were at a dinner with like Ramona and like Kelly and like Dolores and like people were like, this is very interesting. And that's kind of how my podcast started. So it really started as just like these funny little stories. And then it turned in because I know a lot of these people, I'm like, maybe I should get some guests. So then it turned into me getting guests. And then during COVID, like, which we were talking about before, it's kind of, I mean, I don't know. I think you could have taken COVID one way or another. I'm not criticizing anyone that chose to sleep all day or drink all day. Sure, sure. All. Totally. It just wasn't for me. I was like, I could do this, but I, so I kind of doubled down and like my show went from like two days a week, then to three, then I still couldn't keep up then to four. now we're five days a week. And now there's no more stories. Those are all on Patreon. And my show is just literally an interview show five days a week. And so- because of COVID also apparently doing five shows a week didn't keep me busy enough. That's when I've been talking about a book forever. So I wrote this book during COVID. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. You really did maximize your time. <laughs> <laughs> I maximized my time. So I really, the book is about that. It's like, it's really a how to guide, like how to go from fan to friend. And then like the end of the book is really then how to take that to a business if you wanted. So it is like, it's kind of a business advice book, but it really is like a how-to book of like, you want that Pauly D, you want Snooky, pick someone and, you know. And what is one tip? Now, obviously we're going to buy the book because we want to know, you know, exactly how you do it, but it is and fascinating. Mind you, this book at this point, because of COVID, got, I, I thought it would be out like, I don't know, January, February. Oh, I've gotten myself smacked around by, it's not coming out for a hot minute. So COVID <laughs> is real. I mean, like I'm thinking this summer, I, like I was like, oh, this should be out. Like they're like, sweetie, sl slow yourself down. Like, <laughs> it's going to be a year. Okay. Well, it's, yeah. Like COVID is really, you know, COVID is. Publishers COVID. aren't working the way they yeah. used to. It's, it's all. But it's, it's coming. It is coming. It's done. It's just, you know, it needs to be added a little bit. You don't have a title though yet. Do you? Not, if, you know, I mean, I have a title. But I have not, a title. No, okay, got it, got but it. But I don't know. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Everyone says, like, 
writing a book is so hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but I truly think writing the actual book is the easiest part of the process because now there's 700 people involved. So, I mean, it's also too long. So like there's edits, right. And now there is like, well, this is the title I want, but you know, listen, I don't know everything. I'm not Bethany Frankel. I don't know it all. (laughs) So if someone is telling me at market, a different title is really the way to go. I'm, you know, I'm not, yeah, like I'm open, like, listen, I don't care if you call it garbage, just buy the damn book. So <laughs> I'm open to suggestions. If someone's like, well, we've been doing this for 40 years and you've done sure. it for one minute and this should be the title. I have my own ideas of what the title should be, but I'm open to whatever. So what is one thing? I mean, you know, is it because what is it like about because it's interesting who ends up hanging out with celebrities and we're going to talk Paris Hilton doc. But when you watch that documentary and you see her longtime sort of social manager, paparazzi manager, you're like, how did this guy get into her world? You know, so what is one thing? Well, I mean, I think one thing is just you have to really not you have to act like you don't care let's just start there okay okay i mean this is not in any particular order i mean it's a lot of it's a lot of time and energy too but you just have to and oh and it's never about you oh and and now i'm giving you like five things (laughs) and this is not in order but like and, and mind you it's not just how to like one through seven it's like a lot of secret little stories are peppered in there it's humorous but It's also the thing with a celebrity is it's never, ever. I mean, maybe once you're real friends, but until then, it is never about you. So if I, that's a great point. Never. So Sarah, on 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 Thursday night when it's nine o'clock, and I text you like want to meet, and you're thinking like, oh my god, like what is going on next week? Let me prepare for David. Let me get my outfit. I'm like, no, sweetie. I mean, like. I want to meet you in like 20 minutes. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care. You, you arrive there. I don't want to hear how. And, and they don't, they don't think, they don't think about you as a human being. Like, you know, it might take you time and money to get there. (laughs) It's just never about you. God, this is why I don't have that many celebrity friends because honest to God, I go to bed at fucking nine and I'm the queen of ignoring text messages and stuff. This is terrible. I, it is so bad. I have dropped the ball on so many celebrities. I have so many celeb numbers and, and I never even pick up the phone to text them. I think I ought to, I ought to see how they're doing. It's so bad. This is why you're so good at networking. I love it. But like, you know, listen, I now, yeah, I mean, I, I think I was better about that. Now I'm kind of tired too, but <laughs> to get here, it's never, it's never about you. And you just, you don't ever let that out. Like when, when you show up and it just took you three trains and planes and automobiles and sweat and tears and, and you just were in the middle of a dinner and you just had to throw money on the table, like whatever it is, you keep how you got there, the drama it caused you to yourself and you just show up and look the part and smile and you you say yes and you have to keep saying yes over and over and over ah! again. God, so if you're in DC right now and I want to see you tomorrow, New Jersey, you, I don't know, you do your, you do this show from the hotel room down the street during the day. I'm telling you. Because I got to see you at five I'm, and you, you, that's it. I need that, your that's, book. That's one step. And it's, listen, I never said this was going to be fun, easy, 
but the results, you'll get the results if you, I swear you will, you have to follow this book. Oh my God, I can't wait. I need it. Yesterday, <laughs> I was supposed to go to a polo match with Karen Huger and Ashley Darby and all that. I didn't feel well. And so I thought, you know, I don't know. With COVID and everything, I shouldn't go, right? So I stay home. That's a terrible celebrity friend, right? I, I needed to show up, assist whatever they needed. And here I was, I stayed right at home and slept on my couch. This is why, David, I need your book. I mean, but I admire you. I really <laughs> admire people that just don't necessarily care. Like, that's a very good quality. <laughs> Great. You're, you're probably like a more self-actualized person than I am. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, well, look, we, we, there's a million things, and, and, I, and I know you're very busy, so I want to get to some of these Bravo shows and podcasts and celebrity predictions that you have, because I love people's insight on this. So where do you want to start? You're a big fan of Selling Sunset. Paris Hilton Doc just came out, or so many changes to the Housewife franchise that we can talk about. So where do you want to begin? Uh, you pick it because I can talk about any of those. Okay, let's touch on the Paris Hilton documentary because I do think you and I are going to disagree on this. I did not think it was that great. Now, I know I'm I'm on an island because everybody loves it. But ironically, I thought she gave us a little of who true Paris was. But I left that documentary wanting so much more. And you are actual friends with her. Well, I don't know. I'm not friends with her. But a couple of things. First of all... Did you see American Mean, the other movie that she was in? No. It was, it was older. It was, but it was an interesting, it was about like, it was more about like the social media influence of everything. It was interesting. So here's the, okay. it was like two years ago. I actually did see it. Yes. Because it really, I think you did. Yes. It wasn't like about her per se, but you're right. It was about the whole rise of social media. The and fat Jewish and, was in it. Yes, 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 yes. The whole thing. Yes. And he predicted that influencers were going away. Yeah. So it was interesting. So here's the thing. Well, now I'm completely biased because coming up on behind the velvet rope and the future and the close future is I have just sat down this past weekend with the director of This Is Paris. Okay. So now that's coming up on my show, God knows when, but probably like in the next two or three weeks, it will come out. Okay. We're working on our programming for the next two or three weeks. Um, so, I mean, and I sought her out. I was like, I need to speak to you. So I thought, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Like, what more would you have wanted? Okay, so here's a couple of things that I found that I wanted further investigation in. Okay, one was, here's a woman who obviously attracts these toxic men, these toxic relationships. What I wanted the director to say to her is, hey, have you ever done any therapy? Now, I know I, I did a TikTok about this and her fans were like, she's adamantly against therapy. She doesn't trust anybody, which is clear because she has to buy a new laptop every man. She puts secret cameras up. But I mean, to me, David, like if that is your pattern now that you're 40, you're heading towards 40, don't you get therapy and go, okay, I, I was very confused by that. It seemed like this toxic cycle that everybody around her and herself allowed, and then they never really addressed. Well, I think, according to Alexandra Dean, the director who sat down with me um, behind the Velvet Rope podcast, she thought that, like, Paris couldn't, you know, because of the Provo school, like, the therapists were part of kind of what caused her to get here. Okay. So I'm not saying, I'm not taking sides. I'm just saying that's what... 
And here's the other thing. I thought what was very sad about it is where were her friends? She brings in the provost school. Her sister is truly her only friend. Where was Conrad Hilton? Where is longtime friends? Because every documentary from Michael Jordan, all of these, you see people that grew up with them or family members that cat that that really peel back. I found it odd in her documentary. You really didn't have any true friends. She may not have any true friends. I mean, I think Paris is just, I mean, that's the thing. I think she's really just happiest working. And may, and and I guess that is the takeaway. And I traveling just, the world and just working, just, I mean, she even says, like, I just want to make money. I guess that, I mean. <laughs> I mean, she has, what What was it, a billion dollars or a hundred? What was her three, goal? Suppose like, a billion. It's, she's now worth 300 million with all the fragrances, all that stuff. Now she says, and she used to say, I think it was like she, once she hit 150 million, she was going to stop and focus on her family. Then the the finish line moved and now it's a billion and she's worth 300 million. You know, I, I just think it's sad, right? Because I'm more drawn to, and it's just personal opinion, I'm more drawn to people that have fame, but then also like learn things and, you know, have a life. And I don't know, it, it, it was very mechanical to me. And, and I think you're right. I think she's happiest, I guess, living this life that seems very lonely, all about money. I wonder how much Kim Kardashian is worth. I mean, I really, I'm just curious now. Do you think, uh, Kim's, do you believe that she's worth a billion and that Kanye's supposedly worth three billion? See, I don't believe Kanye's worth three billion at all. I think he no. totally lies. I know. I, 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 I think he completely. I, thought, I mean, I thought Kylie had more money than Kanye. I think she does, but they. I believe that they try to make Kanye look more of a genius by saying he's worth three billion and all. I that. think so. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Anyway, we okay. I can't wait to check in on your podcast because I'm going to be curious to hear the director because it just was interesting. I, I thought you learned more. The the school experience was traumatic, and then all those years she never talked to Kathy Hilton, her mother, about. I mean, that is so. Well, that's, I mean, I I didn't realize. I thought they had, like, this lovely relationship. Like, I didn't realize all this. I know. It's, it's... I don't know. You know, it's just, it was so Paris. So, I don't know. Maybe that's why I liked it. Like, I feel like that really is Paris. It, well, I think you nailed it. I think I'm I'm on an island here thinking that she's going to find great love and you know have like oh, now. I, I mean, she has she has a guy now. Yeah, she's got a new guy, which I guess is going relatively well. I, it is, but like I don't know. I just feel Paris is just best single, and I don't know. Like, oh, David, how, I think you're right. How unhappy, I mean, like, she's happy. She has a good life. So I feel, I personally feel she should just stop trying to date. That's my advice. Oh, God, just I'm with you. give it up. Like, don't, because she doesn't respect the boy toys, you know, the ones that are just along for the ride and have no drive. So just when you need some, get some and just work and be with your like, I guess, according to you, she has no friends. So I guess just <laughs> well, be with your people that work for you, that are your friends and your little Hiltons and Nikki. And just, I don't know. I feel like, like the fact that she can't find someone doesn't really shock me. Well, it yeah, no, I think you're, after I watched the documentary, I thought it all made sense why she can't find anybody, you know, and there's definitely something yeah. there. Like you said, like she doesn't really want to find anyone. And she says that to her sister in the documentary because her sister's like, you could have the life I have with a husband and kids and, you know, have a fulfilled family life. And she's like, mm, nah. like, and so 
Yeah, I don't no. Think she wants it. No, she doesn't. All right, let's talk housewives because it's been a big year for housewives. They've got Bravo's gotten a ton of shit for lack of diversity. You have Nene Leakes gone. You have Teddy Mellencamp just fired. Um, what? Where are you at with all this? And I, and, and the the um, final part three reunion of Real Housewives of New York just happened. And I have to tell you, I watched that for the first time, and I thought they should fire everyone on that show, but Leah. I'm, 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 and I know you're friends with them, a lot of them, but I'm, um, but you know what it is? No, I'm not a fan of plenty of them at the moment. <laughs> it was the first time I tuned in and I thought, unfortunately, these ladies have seen their greatest days. They're behind them. This season was like a bunch of 60 year old alcoholics that really didn't do anything. And I just thought I'm over Ramona. I'm over, I, I adore Sonia, but I, I think we've seen all that there is to see of Sonia. Listen. What are your thoughts? There's no, there's no reason to adore. Listen, here's the thing I always say to people. I like everyone in real life until they do me dirty. And oh. then, and then, so let's just say, here's the thing I think. Sonia always gets this free pass. And you know what? She is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Okay. Really? She's like, none of, I mean, listen, I will say that I think Luann is a wonderful, like I, Luann is a class act. Let me go on record of saying, I think Luann is a class act. And I think Leah is completely real. Leah is real. Leah and is what Bethany Frankel was before Bethany had money. When when it was like Bethany back yeah. in the day. Yes. Like I, I, I hope Leah never changes. If she's on this show for 10 years and her salary of $200,000 becomes $900,000, I hope she just fucking doesn't change because she's real. Yes. She doesn't give a fuck. She's not trying to act a certain way. So for that, I love Leah. And Luann is a class act. And there you go. That's all I have to say about the current cast. Dorinda's oh, already been fired. Dorinda, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Oh, yeah. Dorinda oh, seems yeah. scary in real life. Um, uh, Yeah. I'll just keep all the rest to myself, but I'm going to take a pass on that. But have you shared on your Patreon the experience that you had with Sonia that obviously has turned you off from her? I'm sharing it this Saturday because... I crazy timing because I so I had one of Sonia's ex interns on my podcast like two or three weeks ago. <laughs> Perfect. And this, yeah, and this girl could have really gone there. And don't get me wrong, I could really go there. I, but this girl didn't go there. And I didn't go there. It was the softest, most watered-down version of what this chat could have been. And so after this experience happened, it turns out Miss Morgan was not too thrilled with the situation. And so it just, listen, it's just, you know what it is? It's not, so this Saturday on Patreon, this intern has coming back. <laughs> we would like to now explain what has happened since all this has happened and I have some experiences of what has happened did, you, did she try to send you did she send you a cease and desist did she want it taken down first of all let me tell you a few things there's no cease and desist and let me tell you about because you know I guess you know I've already taught you about bringing your B game to corporate America I mean a cease and desist 
from a lawyer here means absolutely fucking nothing. It's like, okay, we're going to threaten to sue you. Okay, well, go ahead and sue me because let me tell you how a lawsuit goes. No one wins except the lawyers because they get rich. Yep. And, you know, if you sue me, I'll sue you back for something. I don't give a fuck. So uh, there's been no cease and desist, but you can send me a cease and desist and I will take it and I wipe my ass with it and send it back to you. Well, I know what that's like because actually I did get a cease and desist a couple of years ago. Who'd you get a cease and desist from? From Bravo. From Bravo because our mutual... Our mutual friend, Paul Wharton, who you know, who is on The Real Housewives of D.C., Paul used to be a co-host on this podcast, and Paul goes, hey, let's do our own mini-casting, because they were recasting for Potomac. So we started advertising on the show. We're doing a casting, because Paul was going to tell people what they were looking for, right? And Paul had said that he was friends with people at Bravo, so he was going to give them some ideas. Anyway, by even saying that we were hosting a faux casting or whatever, they sent me a cease and desist to stop advertising that. Because people might think they were actually auditioning for Right, the right. Which, I mean, in their like, in that in hindsight, that means, like we probably deserve the cease and desist. But, but yeah. I mean, I feel like people have done much worse, much worse... I, well, I mean, look, I mean, obviously, I think Paul was saying that he wasn't going to be on the show. And, and, you know, Paul has many stories from Bravo, too, you know, which he's not ever been cast on the show again. Uh, but anyway, it well, good for you. I mean, and that's interesting that Sonia, I, I'm sure Sonia has a lot to hide, though, because I know she probably doesn't pay those interns. And I'm sure those interns see a lot. And it was just so like this week. So this Saturday on my Patreon, when this intern comes back and now explains what happened. It's just, we get into this bigger conversation. It's kind of like what I said in the book of like, always say yes. But then you get to the point where you are friends with these people. And then you're like, well, you are like a throwaway friend. Like they don't care. Most of them still, it still is. So then that's when you're like, well, now I don't give a fuck if I'm friends with you because like we're a year into this. So like, it's all about in the book. Like once you actually cross that line, then it's like, well, now it is about me because that's like how a real friendship is. And so that's the thing. Like if someone could just, it's it's just this strange dichotomy when you're friends with someone who's famous because they will always have the upper hand in a way unless you really don't care either. And then it's like you're equal. Well, and I'll tell you, in our position where we do talk, like I, I freely give my opinion all the time. In a way, I don't want to become friends with them because I don't want them to call yeah, me. Yeah, I know. Which has happened in the past with Housewives of Potomac. They've called me and said, I'm really upset you said this. I don't want to be beholden, you know, to... Uh, so that's why I didn't go to the polo match yesterday. I thought, I don't want to... <laughs> I want to talk shit about you the next day. I don't want to feel like I can't say what I want to say because you're on this show where you put yourself out there and then we're friends in real life and you expect me to not say anything. How about getting up to five hours of your life back when you sign up for Hungry Root meal prep and delivery service? I'm obsessed. I have ta- I've tried a lot of meal prep boxes. This is one of my favorites. In fact, I actually emailed the client to see if I can get like a year's supply. <laughs> They're like, Sarah, use your own damn code. Anyway, right now I want you to go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS because you are getting... off your first delivery and free veggies for life. The average Hungry Root customer saves five hours a week. Ah, that was us. On top of that, um, you can pick from vegetarian, keto, meat, 
anything that you like. Right now, Hungry Root is offering TSFS listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. As I mentioned, just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS to get 40% off your first delivery and get those free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Also, don't forget to use my link so Hungry Root knows who sent you. Yeah. I call him the Nozempic Ben-On-Ozempic doctor. I'm talking about Dr. Applin and his wife who founded My Optimal Body. I am so happy about this. These are the first mindful eating-based doctors I have ever partnered with. They see patients nationwide, and they are seeing more patients who have been on Ozempic, and Ozempic has failed for them. What makes My Optimal Body so unique, and why am I endorsing them? It's because Dr. Applin actually looks at food additives, your, your addiction to food, your mental health. They do a whole look at you, including your gut health. Many of Dr. Applin's patients are working out, restricting their diets, and still gaining weight. Why is that? Because something's going on in your body and with your mind. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Be sure to tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment, plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. Again, that's MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Yes. Well, and I get calls. That's why. But in the, my whole thing is like, I totally agree with you. It's kind of like, this is my response. It's like, it's so arrogant that it's like, why do you get to eat? And I can't fucking eat. It's like, right. You do your job for your $300,000. Yeah. And I'm doing mine. So like, I don't understand why in other professions you can go to work, and be like, I fucking hate you and we just had a fight, but we're friends and now we're gonna go have a drink because like work, I mean, I really, maybe it's cause I'm a Gemini, I am very able to compartmentalize. So I don't see why I can't like be friends with you and talk shit about you. Now- I agree. Like professionally, now mind you, I don't even do that. I don't even talk shit. I really, if you listen to my, on, on Patreon, I do, but if you listen to my interviews, I have so many people on. So many people I have on, I don't believe what they say. I think they're just looking for fame. You like uh, People come on sometimes with like an ax to grind, but it's, you know, to me, it's like, it's not, so that's how my podcast is. It's like a real, yeah. like I have days where I'm like, I'm not going to be like Diane Sawyer. I'm like, I'm just going to sit there and this person's going to say everything about this person. And I'm just going to be like, okay. I mean, people even criticize me. They're like, well, that's all you have to say. I'm like, I'm purposely just, it's not really about me and my opinion. I have my, so I don't even give my opinion and I still get in trouble. I have a situation with someone where they, they came on my show multiple times and they say all this shit. I ask questions. You could, every time this happens, I go back and listen to the question. It's, there's, it's never leading. It's the most innocent question. Like, so how do you feel about so-and-so? You could answer, she's gorgeous. She's rich. What a beautiful family. She, you could answer this any sure. way. And you took it to a dark, deep place and then blasted Daily Mail, People Magazine, us, every blah, blah, blah says on David Yantes behind the velvet rope. And I have to pick up, I have to hold the phone away from my ear. It's like, bitch, fuck, fuck you. I didn't say it. Yeah, I didn't no, say this. And so it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's crazy. So then I'm just like now, so then uh, that's how I get in trouble. And then I'm like, well, now I'm mad at you. Like I'm doing my job and I didn't tell the press to print all this shit. 
Of course, they're looking for it. They pick it up. Yes, they I don't have, get it. They they don't. Totally. It's all about them. It's like I don't know. And then you're almost insulted. You're like, well, do you think this is like the local mom and pop podcast in like my parents' basement? Like, did you think when you chatted with me, nobody well, was, was listening? listening? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this is like a real show here that I do. Like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> You've been quoted so many times. Um, all right. Well, talk to me about this. What do you think is the most influential Housewives franchise right now? Who do you think is hot, hot, hot? You know what's really strange? It's not even the highest rated, but in terms of press and like ability, it's it's a shocking answer. Beverly Hills. Really? Yeah. It's not it's the weird. highest. Well, I guess you're right. Atlanta was the highest rated, right? Yeah. Okay. But when you, and it's not like it's just about press, but like, now that I have this press component in my, I've learned so much over the past year, this like press component and like Beverly Hills gets picked up. Like that's what people want to talk about. Even though people might say it was a bad season. It's an off season. Like the, you know why? Cause it's like, this is also what I've noticed. The real worlds like out there, all the real newspapers and the real people like outside of reality TV, it's like, those are the people that people care about, if that makes any yes, sense. Yes, yes. Like, I'll have people on my show that are not even as famous as, say, a housewife. And so within the, like, reality world, it may not be. But, like, they're just bigger names that have actually done things with their lives. Yes. And so, like, Beverly Hills has that cachet. Because, like, we're talking, like, Denise Richards and Rena and Garcelle. And, like, you well, know, there's <laughs> Heather Locklear's name is being thrown out. So, like... At the, right? I That'd mean, be so good. I, and I you can't. Saw it, I would you, die. You wouldn't. I would love that. I, I would die. Caitlyn Jenner and Sophia Hutchins, right? They're also allegedly talking. And Kathy Hilton. I mean, all that. But I think what's so, you know, Beverly Hills, they actually have money. You know, Lisa Vanderpump was so rich. You know, Denise Richards, even though, you know, the whole fight's has money. Erica Jane's husband, Tom, I guess, regardless of lawsuits. But we know Tom at one point, had $60, $70 million. You know, whereas, you know, with Potomac, with Atlanta, they just don't have the wealth that Beverly Hills does. I mean, listen, yeah, I don't know about lawsuits, but I'm sorry, Aaron Brockovich money, that's real fucking money. I know, Tom. Mr. Girardi. Like, I'm not worthy. Like, that's fucking Aaron Brockovich, okay? Yes, yes, he has Aaron Brockovich money. I I think that's why people- That is no joke. That's no joke. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if people- don't realize, I, I talk about this all the time, but you know, a lot of these housewives, I mean, not that money is like the point no. of happiness, but right. right, the show that's supposed to be based on that. And most of them don't have a pot to piss in. <laughs> that's why I keep I mean, they're living above their means. Like, I don't, you know, if people don't realize that. And they're renting then- all these things. That's why I keep auditioning for Housewives of Potomac. And I say to them, who cares? I will rent a fabulous townhouse out here in Great Falls, I will rent a Ferrari. You know, that's all you need. Let me tell you, uh, people do that. I know they do. I know over the years, the stories have come out that they rent things that they, you know, and I live in Potomac, you know, not in Potomac, but around Potomac. So I see how all these women live. I know, you know, what money they have, what money they don't have. So it's like, hello, I said to my husband, let's just rent a mansion and we'll just do the casting. Yeah. I that's mean, all you that's- need. You just need the house and the car and everything else could be smoke and mirrors. Everything else. Um, okay. You know? I, I'm going to ask you most influential housewives because I sent you a list of mine. I, I want to hear yours, but I do want to ask you, oh, Bethany Frankel's new podcast, Jess B, dropped this week. 
on Tuesday. What are your thoughts on her having a podcast? She says it's going to be very business focused, not focused at all on reality TV. What do you think? I mean, well, here's my thing in general. A couple of things is what I think. I think that, and I'm not knocking all these people, but all of these people, well, not all of them, but they get these podcasts. I mean, Margaret has one, Vicky Garcelle. Everybody. Zolciak, Teddy. So first of all, I think, and this is not pointing towards anyone in particular, I think half of them, I've spoken to plenty of them, like half of them don't, really know how to run a podcast because they just show up and do their thing and leave. So more power to them. Sure. Like I'm not, you know, but they, they, but you and I know so much more goes into it. The preparation, the sound, the editing to be a good, you know, to be a good interview. You can't, everybody and their mama has a podcast. And and when people call me and say, Hey, can you give me tips? I'm always like, best of luck, but it's, it takes so much more than what you think. So you're welcome to fire up a mic. But like, if you think you're going to be Howard Stern from this, like I have news for you, you know, it's going to take a lot more than that. Totally. And I don't know, like the worst, I don't know. I feel with podcasts. I don't know. Say I, it, I find, say it. Well, and this has nothing to do with the celebrity version. I feel like with the other version or even celebrities is I hate when someone tries to be funny and is not funny. And that's everyone with a podcast. Oh my God. I was and just, that yes. to me is like, I don't know. I just, that's my pet peeve. So, and also, I don't know. I, I, this is why I purposely, I mean, I've said this, I will never have a Bravo reality recap podcast. I find them very, I find them arrogant, actually. Yeah. I find them like sitting around and talking about like, she did this and like, it, it's not funny. Like, you know, like, okay, like, bit sesh, like Casey Wilson. Like, well, she is a trained comedian who has, like, that to me is funny because she's, like, like I think she's just funny. She's a comedian. Like, yes. But then all these other people that are just talking about these recaps, it's, like, I don't know. It's, like, arrogant. It's, like, your vision of what happened is not brilliant. It's not going to, like, change the world. Everyone has the same reaction. Why are we talking about this? Totally. If totally. we all saw it. So, so- what well, so then I was going to say, I think like a lot of these celebrities that have podcasts, you know, Bethany's I think is going to be great. I just don't understand is Bethany, Lisa Vanderpump, are these people going to have podcasts when the world opens? That's what makes no sense to me. Like Bethany Frankel with a new HBO show and Skinny Girl and tr- literally saving the planet with the masks and COVID and hurricanes like I'm not knocking Bethany, but like when the world opens, is this podcast going to be around? Is Lisa Vanderpump's? I don't understand it. Yeah, you're right. That's great. I mean, is it? I I just don't know. I feel like everyone joins on the podcast ban, like more so even in the past like six months. Like, are these going to be around when the world opens? No. No, because you know what they say, so. even now on iTunes, there's well over a million podcasts or whatever, a million and a half podcasts. But when you dig deeper, they'll tell you already half of them are no longer in existence. And it's interesting. Sometimes when I'm looking for guests and I'll look up an article and find somebody, you go to their podcast and they haven't done a new episode in three months. And you're like, ah, okay. But, you know, the catalog on there is a million and a half shows or whatever, but half of them don't continue. The thing that I think will actually be good, I don't know how you felt, but when she, when I, I have a theory, because, you know, Bethany Frankel had 
had that talk show, with, which was produced by Ellen. I personally think Ellen wanted it to sink and knew really? that. Yes. I, I believe that Ellen was very threatened by Bethany because at the time, Bethany was enormous and was beloved by young women in their 30s. You know, I was like young 30s, 20. I mean, she was the person. And Ellen swooped in, wanted to produce that talk show. And I think that Ellen purposely had that fail by, because Bethany, if Bethany had done a show all about women empowerment and business, almost like Shark Tank had a talk show, if you will, you know, um, in, interesting products, all this stuff. I think Bethany would still have the bit, one of the biggest talk shows ever, but instead she tried to be a little Oprah. She tried to be funny. She tried to be this comic. She'd have on, you know, comics or these dancing kids that no one gave two fucks about then no one wanted to see it. It sunk and Ellen continued to rise. So I think if she sticks to business advice, she, this will be a terrific podcast. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, you think Ellen is so evil that she purposely spent money to yep. tank yep. Bethany just to get <laughs> Bethany out of the yep. way in like, if I can't beat this bitch, let me own her, destroy her and mm-hmm. just move on. I think well, so. And you know who that's else I brilliant think? brilliant <laughs> if that's what Ellen did. I mean, that's, maniacal but brilliant but no i mean i think bethany can do no wrong business-wise yes i agree you know like i so i think it's gonna be i mean i personally don't know what lisa vanderpump is gonna talk about for an hour i i have no i I can't even imagine that that would be compelling i have no idea i mean i mean you know here's the thing about these podcasts it's the same thing as all these spinoffs like man's owed with children like party for the party like you I mean, a housewife once said to me is like, this is a housewife said to me once, like, you know, you think we all hate each other, but like, really, you are thrilled when someone comes on to fight with you. It's like, it makes your job easier. Like, wow. To, to a degree, like not when it really goes there. Like, I don't think Denise Richards is thrilled and I don't think Monique and Candace are, but like, just to spar, like, think about it. Like, that's what makes New York so great. Like Luann's like, I'm fucking tired today. All right, here's the ball, Ramona. And so I need good luck. Like, it does make it easier when you have all-star players. So that's the thing with these podcasts, these spinoff shows. Like, it really brings the person to the forefront. And you're like, you're not so, you're great on Housewives. You ain't so great. But I do think Bethany is completely the exception. I mean, she is... Can hand, she could talk for seven hours. I know. And people would listen. She could. She it's, could. And it's, if it's business, it's going to be great. I mean, I'd like business advice from Bethany every day. I mean. Every. Yeah. Yeah. Marketing business. Now she has this influential, um, you know, this is a crisis movement or whatever, you know, so she can talk to nonprofit. It, it, I think it could be good, but I agree with you. How much can she take on and will it last post pandemic? Well, let's. I say- just don't see it. I mean, and no, not to her. I just think Bethany has bigger money makers in her portfolio than her podcast. Um, I was thinking maybe we could end. I don't know if you had time to put together a list of the five most influential. We could do, um, um, yeah, today's influential. Okay, perfect. So I want to go through, why don't you go first? We kind of had, had traded emails and I said, you know, I'd love to know who you think the most influential, meaning that have like sway um, on social media and with audiences and with Bravo. Who are the five most influential housewives for you right now? Like currently, currently. not of all time, just currently. Um, well, I was going to say, I, I'm going to surprise you with my number one, and she's current, but she's not on. Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't have to be on, but like, cur- like for yes. instance, I wouldn't put, I mean, currently, I wouldn't put Nini on my list. I think maybe overall, but I don't think right now. So I'm going to go with like right now. Who okay. I, not that okay. they have to be on. Well, in no particular order. Yes. 
I mean, I would put Bethany on the list. I I think she does have a lot. Don't you think she's very close with Andy? I think they're very close. Andy has his favorites. I think Bethany can do no wrong. Yep. I agree. I've talked to other housewives about this off the record, and they're like, Bethany can do no wrong. Yeah. And I mean, he kind of kissed her ass the entire Watch What Happens the other night when she was on it about her podcast. I think so. I just think Bethany, I just think, listen, Bethany won Housewives. She doesn't need it. She she won Housewives. She, she took that. She used it comp- as a marketing genius tool. And she was the first one to have a product and to see what that whole thing was about, which was to make her uber rich in another category instead of waiting for them to pay you. It was genius. So, right. So I think her, I think, I mean, she's only one season, but I mean, Leah is the future of New York. Totally. totally. It's going in a different direction. The franchises are going younger in general. Yep. And whether Leah lasts for 10 years or not, it's that, like, coming back into season two, Leah was the most protected person. We were all wondering, is Dorinda, Sonia, Luann, or Ramona getting fired? I've been saying all season, one of these four women is getting fired. Yeah. So it wasn't Leah. It was never going to be Leah. So Leah's very influential, I think, right now. I mean, I think a lot of people hate this next person at the moment, but I still think Rinna. I still think Lisa Rinna. I think Lisa Rinna knows what she's doing. She produces the whole show. She's willing to sacrifice real life friendships for the show. Totally. So she will, she's not giving up her check anytime soon. This is the role. How is this woman a real actress? And this is the biggest role of her whole fucking life. And I love Melrose Place. So don't get me wrong. Like, but this is the role that Lisa Rinna was born to play. Forget all those other acting games. So I think that makes her very influential. Definitely. And even though people are mad at her now and all this, and I'm not particularly thrilled with her right now. I mean, I think it well, what she did with Denise, but she's still influential. Like that franchise, she manipulates the story. And I don't mean that negatively. She knows what she's doing, but she's very influential. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. There's three. There's three. I'm just thinking uh, well, nobody really from the OC is on my list at this moment. I agree. And, and we can't, I mean, look, three is good and because. nobody from Dallas. No one from Dallas. I'm bored. Bored. And bored. I mean, I would feel like Atlanta is such a high rated franchise. I mean, nobody really sticks. I mean, in a way, I guess I would put Portia on there. She's not my favorite housewife from Atlanta. Yep. My favorite would be Kenya Moore. Oh, I love Kenya. She's so good, too. I know. But I think, like, with what Portia's doing, like, she's very committed to, like, the Black Lives Matter movement. She is a huge part of the show. The show's going to go on just fine without without Nene. So I put Portia on there. And then it's, like, nobody else from New York because they're all just, like you said, they're all, like, well, you know who then, okay, you know who I'd put on as influential for the fifth? I would put Garcelle. I would put Garcelle. Really? A lot, well, a lot of people don't think she had the greatest season. I love Garcelle. I, I could see why people don't love her on the show. They think she's boring and she didn't bring anything. I think she's, here's the thing about Garcelle. I think if you come at her, she will fight. She'll come back, she, yeah. Yeah, she's not afraid to fight. And I think she's interesting and she's classy. And I just think 
because of what she stands for. I don't really believe in like, let's go out and like hire one person for diversity. It should just be like New York, like they're trying to like, and they're pretty much have casted it. But you know, like, why are we going out and hiring like one person of diversity? Why not look at like a whole gamut, like every type of diversity and have a really, there's a way to have a really racially mixed diverse cast. It's not by hiring like one black woman, but I think it's a step. And so like for what Garcelle represents, and in I think she's way. good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would put her on there too. Cause I think there's a lot of eyes on her just so for influential, not favorites or what I like, but for influential. Oh, that's so good. I mean, honestly, like I would love to see Jada Pinkett Smith on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like to me, that would be the old, like, she's too big to ever do it. But, but I, I will tell you this. Our lists were very similar. Leah was on mine. Lisa Renna. I, the only couple of people I had different was I actually think Candace Bassett is is really, really like, I think she has brought and carried Real Housewives of Potomac this season. Kind and, of. Even though I know there's a lot, people are very upset about this week's episode because it was finally the fight. Um, I had actually been a part of Monique Samuel's live show. She after, like a week after that incident happened. And it was a legit fight. And Monique had lost 10 pounds in a week. She was so upset in calling lawyers and being arrested. She's a very, Candace is a very great TV character, I think. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, on like, she will do whatever she, she's the Lisa Rinna of Atomic. She does, she will do what she has to to make good TV. Absolutely. Um, So she's not going anywhere. And I love her. And I'm very upset that I didn't go to this live show. Oh my God. City Winery in DC last year. We had a ball. Amazing. Um, Also, Teresa Judice is mine because she is finally single. She's away from fucking Joe. I think she's going to have a great year. You know, I think we're going to hopefully follow her into love. She could truly be one of the OGs. I think she's changed a lot. I'm swapping out Portia for Teresa. You know why? Yeah. Because I think that Teresa is like the most protected housewife. I think the chances of, well, as far as it was Bethany, but like, I think Teresa would never be fired. And who else can you say that about? That's, you're right. That's pretty amazing. Like if you look at each franchise, like even Beverly Hills, you could fire Kyle, you could fire whoever, and it would be just fine. Like, Teresa is Jersey. Like, I think she's more the face of an entire state, an entire franchise than anyone else. Like New York, you can fire any of them as long as you keep some of the others. Like New Jersey might fire any of the other girls, even Melissa, not really, but eventually. But Teresa will never be fired. And I think that makes her the most protected housewife. I I really do. My number one was actually NeNe Leakes because I do think NeNe has had a big impact on that franchise in talking about race and and all the allegations she's made against Bravo. Um, So I think she still holds a lot. Now, I do think she became so bitter the last episode, the last season. It was pretty bad. It was pretty obvious she needed to go. But I do think she still holds a lot of weight there, even if they don't want her to. I think she has such a following. She could really mobilize that following, good or bad, against Bravo. She could. I mean, I I still just don't understand her not being there. I don't know. Is it really over money? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you really are influ- influential if you could threaten an entire network and they still want you. Like, I don't know how Nene could ever go back to Bravo. I mean, she has I, talked I total it. shit about Andy. Total about shit. And yet they still seem, Andy will still go on record and go, well, she could be back. She could be back. We love her. We love her. It's like, what corporate gig would ever say? Most of the time they'd be like, fuck you. And here's here's another season desist. And they and say yet- fuck you to everyone, to everyone else that even like fights a little 
and against yet, Andy. Yet they seem to let her talk anything she wants about them and still call her up for Watch What Happens Live. But like good for Nini, like she doesn't yeah. give a, she seems to not give a fuck. I don't really understand it. Like, I mean, to me, it's like if you want $3 million or two million, whatever it is, if you want $2 million and they're going to offer you $1.5, now you think you're worth $2 million. Are you tur- you're turning down $1.5 million? Like as much as you don't want to and you want more, at the end of the day, we're not talking, like you see what I'm saying? Like I don't understand why she's not there. Because I don't believe, I don't believe these like little pop-up boutiques and things that she has. I, I don't think they can possibly make her $1.5 no. in a year. I-, I can't, I don't believe she can sell that many products. So like, I mean... I don't want to go deal with it either. If you know, I don't like my boss or, you know, you think they're like racially insensitive, but like it's a million dollars. Like she loves her coin. She's made that clear herself. Like, I just don't believe we're actually here. I'm not worried about the franchise. I just can't believe Nini has let it get to this. Oh, David, you have been so amazing on this show. I, I It's such a treat. I just adore everything that you have said. I, I could I, talk for hours. I know. I feel like I have a new friend, even though, you know, you're in New York. I'm in D.C. We can't see each other for a while. But see, but- here's the thing. I travel for these things. Like, if you told oh. me yesterday, like, if you told me yesterday, David, I'm not motivated. Call me. Come down and we'll go with the I, I would have come. Like, I needed a date. I. I needed a date, I too. I would have gone with you. Oh. I'm not kidding you. I... Do you realize that I like travel? That's how, that's part of the book. It's like, you have to just travel for all these. I've traveled everywhere for everything. Oh my like God. Florida, my, my like Florida. So next time you tell me and I'll take a train. Okay. Yes. It would have been perfect. We could have gone to the polo match with Karen and yeah. um, yes. And Ashley that Darby been and the whole crew. Oh, well, David, tell people behind the velvet rope is the podcast. You put out five new episodes a week. Um, you also have a Patreon. What else? Promote where else people can follow you and find you. So, right. So Apple Podcasts, just type in Behind the Velvet Rope, David Yontaf. On Instagram, it's at Behind Velvet Rope. There's no the, just at Behind Velvet Rope. Go to Patreon, just patreon.com backslash Behind the Velvet Rope. Love it. But really just listen to the show and follow me. I mean, it literally is interviews with everyone from reality TV and it's gone, but not forgotten. We do current, we do past, and then we go digging. We go digging. Like I just had Patty Stanger on from the Millionaire Matchmaker. Like we'll have people and and it's really not just Bravo. It's every Selling Sunset. We've had MTV people like we, it's any reality and like pop culture. We had Perez Hilton. So it's really just interviews and somehow I get them to just say things that I think it's because I have a real, I mean, this is not my ego. People have told me it's like a very relaxed style and somehow they just spill. And I'm like, just keep talking. <laughs> Until they call you the next day. Well, right, I'm just smiling and I'm like, just keep oh talking. Oh God, and, then you're like, and, I know the phone call's coming. Well, you know what it is also, but then I'll let you go. Like, I've been doing this now for so long as like, now I know. Like, now I know what I need them to say. Yes. And I'm. I know how to get you there. Well, look, I love it. I'm excited because I know I'm going to be on your podcast in a couple weeks. So I you can't are. wait to promote that. And I can't wait to see what we're going to be talking about. Behind the Velvet Rope is the podcast you must download and Behind the Rope on Instagram. David, it was such a treat. I can't wait to see you again soon. You're amazing. Keep in touch and I'll come back and you'll come on my show. You got it. Thanks, David. Love you. Love you.